You and me and BPD. Episode 17. Stress management, mindfulness, and meditation. So, in case you didn't know, um, today is May 27th, and it is the one-year anniversary of the very first episode I ever recorded of this podcast. It's crazy (laughs) to think that there's been 16 episodes so far. There's been 16 different times that I've sat down and I've talked and I've cried and I've been open and honest and I just can't believe that I one that I've stuck with this for so long (laughs) because um, if you're anything like me then you probably run from one thing to the next trying to find something to ground yourself in Um, so I'm surprised that we're still here (laughs) and I'm just surprised that people listen to me um, because I'm one person in this universe and of the seven billion people out there, I am just so honored and grateful that people choose to come back to this, to this little space of the internet that I have created that can be open and just real and I can feel safe. And I hope that listening to this podcast, whatever it is, the reason why you're listening to this or why you found this podcast, I hope that this is something that you've been able to to learn from, to grow from, and to feel less lonely. Um, because that's really the reason why this all began. I felt so lonely in the world and I often still feel lonely. And I just, I knew that If I felt lonely, then other people must feel lonely too. So, I'm so thankful for one year of this. And I'm excited to see where it's going to go in the future. um, Because I really don't know. (laughs) I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know where it's going to go. I don't know what we're going to talk about. I just know that I'm going to continue trying to make episodes when I can and being honest and just creating space for us to feel our emotions, to live through the roller coaster of BPD and to explore all the ways that our mental illness affects our life and the way that we are in the world. So thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. (laughs) I will never stop saying thank you. Today's episode is going to be about stress management, mindfulness, and meditation. Um, I decided to record this episode because I have been face-to-face with my stress and anxiety and just like negativity that lives inside of me for the past, I would say, couple of weeks. I, as I mentioned before, I'm in school, um, and whether you're a student 
or you work full-time or you're a stay-at-home parent or whatever your situation is I think all of us handle stress in very many different ways and when you live with borderline personality disorder and you struggle with impulsivity or um, you struggle with black and white thinking it can sometimes be even more easier to fall into the negativity that lives in your mind um, than it is for other people. And it's taken me a lot of time to figure out how I handle stress and anxiety and negativity and how it impacts me. So I live with chronic pain and I have for a very long time and um, I was diagnosed with chronic pain. Well, first I was diagnosed with fibromyalgia um, and then that didn't really feel right to me after about two years of medication and, you know, going to doctor's appointments and getting blood tests done. So I finally saw a specialist um, at my request to my doctor. I'm a very big advocate for self-advocacy and you know, if something doesn't feel right to you, like some diagnosis you've been given, like go back to your doctor and talk to them. So um, when I saw a specialist, they said, it's not fibromyalgia, it's chronic pain. And as I began to unpack where my pain was coming from, I noticed that um, a lot of my pain is kind of a response to my stress levels. And that doesn't make it any less valid. Um, whatever your your chronic pain comes from, whether it comes from an injury, whether it comes from, you know, an autoimmune disease, whether it comes from another mental illness, because lots of mental illnesses cause uh, pain of some kind within the body. Whatever it is that your chronic pain comes from is completely valid, and so is mine. And it took me a long time to come to that conclusion that. I am a person that lives with mental illness and chronic pain. And by exploring my BPD diagnosis and my social anxiety and my chronic pain, I started to realize that on days where my stress is heightened, on days where I'm in school or I'm having a really hard time navigating the world, um, my pain is worse. And not just my pain, but my stress is worse. And they kind of go hand in hand. It's like a balance, um, like scales or something, where you add more stress to me, an individual in this world. Um, I take on more stress. Maybe I'm fighting with my best friend, or I'm fighting with my husband, or I'm just overwhelmed with all the things that I have to do. And that creates more bodily pain. And when my body is in pain, then I don't feel capable of doing all the things I have to do. And then it's just kind of like an endless spiral of just starting to feel bad because I can't do the things I need to do because I'm in pain. I'm in pain because I have so much that is expected of me. So much is expected of me because I've put this on myself or because the world is just overwhelming. And it, it very quickly, um, becomes a kind of snowball effect. And when I think about stress management, 
Um, there's so many different things that come to mind. You know, like when I when I was in therapy, um, my therapist used to tell me, you know, go for walks or use mindfulness or um, you know, here's a here's a technique that you can use. And it always felt like what I was being asked to do was to handle my stress during times of intense stress rather than learning how to keep myself in somewhat of a, of a neutral position, trying to find neutrality in my life. Because BPD, one of the key hallmarks of it is intense emotional reactions to things. And sometimes those intense emotional reactions to things are the stressor that causes my pain, my social anxiety to be worse. Um, a very clear example of this is, let's say I'm working on something for school, right? And I have a specific kind of deadline and I go, I'm gonna finish this in the next two hours. And then two hours come and two hours pass and I'm still not done. But let's say after that, I have to start making dinner. So I stop what I'm doing, I start making dinner, but I'm still thinking about the thing that I'm doing. And then when I'm making dinner, maybe I'm dropping things because I'm not paying attention to what I'm doing. So then it makes dinner take longer. So then I go back to doing my work and then maybe my husband needs something or maybe my son needs something. And it's just like all of these different juggling pieces that I'm trying to keep myself calm and collected, but it's just overwhelming. And I realized that, you know, it's not good for me to be in those situations. And so a lot of the time I check myself out and I leave. And sometimes that's possible. Sometimes you can say, you know what, I'm not going to make dinner tonight. I'm going to order food. And you can make little changes like that. But for the most part, stress is one of those things that all of us has to have to deal with. And it's not a bad thing, you know? And pain isn't a bad thing because pain is a lot of the time what tells us when, you know, something's wrong inside of us. A lot of people don't go to the doctor until they're in pain and then they find out that they're sick. I didn't go to see my therapist um, or to get my diagnosis until I started to feel like my emotional pain and my physical pain was overwhelming. And that's when I went to the doctor and that's when they diagnosed me. And it was through being proactive about this stress and this tension and this pain that I was able to get to where I am today, to a better understanding of it, to a better understanding of myself and how I can interact with the world. So I don't want to say that all pain is bad necessarily because it's not. And I think for me, that's one of the key things that I think is often missing when we talk about stress management is that sometimes stress is a result of external things that are beyond our control. And instead of trying to manage that or limit that, maybe what we can try to do is try to accept it a little bit more because of all the things I've learned as I've grown older, the number one thing 
has been holding on too hard, trying to control too much of my life, is what causes my reactions to be insane, to be off the rail, to be larger than I would like them to be. And I try very hard to manage my stress and my anxiety levels, but some days I just can't. And when those days happen, right, when these situations occur, um, I've talked about this before in the accountability and responsibility episode, when those things happen, it is up to us to be aware of what we're feeling and to be honest. And I think the number one thing is to have people around you who you can be honest with, who you can go to and say, I am feeling stressed out. I am feeling overwhelmed. And even if they can't change anything for you, the very act of speaking what you're feeling into the universe and releasing it through your voice, through acknowledging it, can just automatically make you feel better. At least it does for me. Sometimes I feel like I'm carrying so much on my shoulders and I just have to, you know, message my friends or turn to my husband and just be like, I am so goddamn overwhelmed right now and I don't know what to do. And I'm not asking you to fix it. I just need space to just sit and not have to do anything. And for me, that's where my meditation practice comes in. So I've mentioned a couple of times I'm a Buddhist. Um, I practice Buddhist meditation. But when I first started getting into meditation, I had no clue about how profound it could be and how much of an impact it could have on my life. I'd always heard meditation as in like, you know, sit and clear your mind, let go of all thoughts. And for somebody like me, whose thoughts are constantly racing, that doesn't work. <laughs> it doesn't, it doesn't do what it says it's supposed to do. And so I, I wondered why my therapist would be like, you know, take some deep breaths and just try to let go of all your thoughts, you know, breathe in and let go of your anxieties. And I was like, how can, how can my breath do that? Like, how am I able to do that? And she was like, you know, just, just when you're feeling really anxious and stressed, take a deep breath in and take a deep breath out and just think of good thoughts only. And I was just like, but that stress is still going to be there. You know, like it's not going to go anywhere. So why are you trying to get me to like avoid this? And I realized through learning various techniques, through really dedicating myself to spending at the beginning, it was only five, maybe 10 minutes a day. Out of a whole 24 hours of life, I spent five, six, seven minutes sitting and breathing. 
and allowing myself to feel my emotions. And giving yourself that space to feel what you feel can be one of the most liberating things (laughs) that I think anybody can do. Especially if you're somebody who lives with a lot of stress and tension and pain in your life. Because I find that when I am not coming face to face with my pain, with my stress, with my anxiety, I'm running from it and I'm distracting myself. And that's where the impulsivity comes in. That's where my head goes, find something, anything to make you feel better. And I think that's where a lot of our impaired judgment comes in. And that's why a lot of people with anxiety and depression turn to, you know, self-harming and turn to substance abuse or addiction issues because we don't know how to just feel what we're feeling. And especially with BPD, um, when I talked about some of the silver linings, like we are highly intuitive. We can tell that something's off within us and we can tell that, you know, we're really stressed out maybe before we have a breakdown, right? Maybe before we start screaming at somebody. Like when I am screaming at someone, that is me boiling over and um, my therapist used to use the analogy of like turning a tap right and she was like maybe what like the way that I can conceptualize it is like maybe you're you're turning the water on a little bit and every couple of days or maybe every couple of hours you have another couple of drops just dropping out and maybe that's your stress that's your anxiety and sometimes you don't have the tap turned like uh, the correct amount and there comes a huge just like overwhelming amount of water and the tap breaks and suddenly you have water gushing everywhere and it's overwhelming and you don't know where to begin and you feel like you're drowning because there's just so much for you to have to deal with. In those instances, it can be hard. It can be super hard to remember, oh, you know, look around for five things in your in your environment or look around and take some deep breaths because it can feel like you can't even breathe in those moments, right? When I get angry or when I get extremely stressed out, I'm like overcome by that. It's it's like my body doesn't know how to handle it. And I feel like I'm not even a part of what's going on. It's like I'm watching everything happen around me and I'm watching myself scream and yell at somebody realizing that what I'm yelling about is really small and doesn't actually have a big impact on my life or their life. And yet, It's like the straw that broke the camel's back or something. It's like the final thing that just made me explode. And so for me, my meditation practice is a commitment that I made to myself to continue to try to make myself better, to realize 
way before I get to the point of freaking out and breaking down, when I can see my anxiety and my stress starting to become a little bit too much for me to handle. So I turn to meditation and I turn to mindfulness. And mindfulness is is a very big concept, but basically all it really means is being aware of yourself and your way of being in the world. And with, with people with BPD, we are so, we are so self-reflective and self-aware. Like I've met so many people who are able to say, I have BPD, I have this, these are my triggers, these are my traumas, and we know that, <laughs> like we are aware of it, but we don't know how to handle them. And that's where mindfulness comes in. That's where we have to learn how to direct our, our attention and our awareness to things that bring us joy, to moments that bring us joy, and to actually be able to sit and experience joy and happiness. Because I feel like a lot of the time we're thinking about the future or we're thinking about the past and we're sitting there and we're going, oh, I should have done this, I should have done that. Oh, I messed up this, so now I can't do this other thing. Oh, where am I gonna go in the next five years? What am I gonna be doing? And it just, even when I'm talking, you can hear it's just so much. And sometimes we need to just drink a cup of water and that's it. Just be with that cup of water, to be really feeling it in our bodies and to be really aware of what we are doing in that specific time. And that's where I think cultivating a meditation practice when you're not stressed out, not in response to your stress, but just finding time, at least five to 10 minutes each day to just sit and be with yourself can be one of the most profound practices that you will ever learn. And meditation does not mean, you know, in some schools of thought, meditation means, you know, moving out of our body. It means, going beyond our emotions, going beyond our thoughts. But the way that my teacher um, and the way that he explains it and that I've come to understand it is meditation is allowing yourself to just be. And so many of us carry expectations. We carry thoughts about ourselves. We carry stress in our life. We carry pain in our bodies. And we're so focused on all of these fragmented parts that we no longer know how to just sit and how to just be in the world. Or we think that we need something to be distracting us. So yeah, we can sit and watch a movie for two hours or we can sit and play a video game or we can sit and listen to music. But how many of us can say, that we are at home in ourselves, that we are at peace with ourselves, not with what other people tell us to be, 
not with what other people expect, not with the labels we place on ourselves, but just with ourself, with our body, coming home to this place where we live. And I think it's a really important thing when it comes to stress management, because you're going to be stressed and you're going to feel emotions. And so many of us, at least from my experience of talking to people, have been told that you know their reactions to things are too intensely. I don't know how many times I've heard, calm down, there's nothing to be so upset about. You're overreacting, like you're being dramatic. Like it's one of the it's one of the things that people love to tell those of us with mental illness, like, oh, you know, you're being too serious about this. And it's like, yeah, because that's the way I am. And let me be that way. Let me feel those feelings. And if you feel like nobody else is giving you that space, then you need to create that space. For me, my meditation practice is some, it's a time when I get to come to myself and say, how are you feeling? How are you doing? What do you need? And maybe my head says, I just need to sit and I just need to be here in this present moment, breathing. For me, meditation is based on connecting ourselves to the breath. And the way that my teacher explains it is that all of us experience suffering at some point in time, whether that's suffering based on our mental capacity, whether it's suffering based on our pain, whether it's suffering based on, you know, circumstances of our life, we will all experience suffering. And one of the ways to navigate that is by remembering to breathe through the suffering, not run away from it, not distract ourselves, but to really sit there and be able to just breathe through it, to experience it in a way where we can have awareness of what is going on within us, we can just kind of close ourselves off from the world. I meditate now <laughs> um, for in between 30 to 45 to sometimes 50 minutes a day. And that's spread out over my day. And it is one of the things that I can legit say has changed my entire being. It's changed the way that I experience the world. It's changed the way that I handle my stress because now I am able to, when I feel the pain coming up, when I feel the stress coming up, I'm able to breathe more freely, knowing that these feelings are not bad. This pain is not so overwhelming that I can't handle it because I've handled so much more. <laughs> than I ever thought I could. And so I can meet myself with compassion, with patience, with care, and say, hey, how you doing? It's a hard day, huh? Well, let's breathe. 
just being here in this world. So I hope that I've given you a little bit of an introduction to meditation. Um, I want to uh, now kind of end this episode and I'm going to record a five to 10 minute practice. It will be based on the breath and it will hopefully give you a little bit of a framework that you can work with to begin to explore how the breath can connect your mind and your body and your spirit. And I think that it's really important for you to come up with whatever type of meditation style works for you. And there are many different types. Um, there are guided meditations that you can find where people will lead you through body scans. That's one of my favorite things to do, um, especially on days where I'm in a lot of pain. Body scans are beautiful and amazing. Um, there's guided meditations where people ask you to, you know, go back to a time when you were a child and that can be really traumatic. Um, so I don't know if I necessarily like those, especially for me and my experiences. Um, but there's tons of different ones. And when it comes to mindfulness and applying mindfulness to your day, I hope that through the meditation practice that I'm going to lead you through, you'll be able to see that you can take little pieces of it and you can sprinkle it throughout your day. So maybe when you're riding the bus, you can repeat some of the phrases to yourself. Or maybe when you're walking up and down the stairs, or you're just taking the elevator, you just want to take a couple of deep breaths. Um, I think it's really important for us to remember that we have a lot of agency when it comes to how we interact with the world. We can't control everything. <laughs> um, and sometimes that's, that's the biggest <laughs> obstacle to deal with. But we are so much more capable than we can even think or begin to fathom. And by sitting and listening and breathing and being one and at home in this body, we can begin to realize just how amazing um, we can be and how much power we have and how stress and pain and suffering are not the end because they're not just like the seasons that change and just like the weather that seems to be erratic sometimes that's how we can be and when we're not like that then we can be cool and calm and collected and we need to be able to be accepting of all parts of ourselves so I hope that this next practice, if you choose to do it, will be something that you can begin to use in your daily life to experience some form of awareness. And even if you choose not to do the practice, it's completely up to you. I hope that you find some way of learning about meditation and mindfulness of being aware of yourself in the present moment not focused on the future, not focused on the past, 
but really beginning to listen to your body, to listen to the stress and where it's coming from, and to begin to unpack that and see what it can lead to for you. Because ultimately, you are the only person that can control your life, and you are the only person that can really create change in how you live. So thank you again for one year of this podcast, and I hope that you will take the time to experience the meditation practice, and as always, let me know what you think about anything I've spoken about. (laughs) Um, I'm so thankful for you for today, for this time, and for all that you are. I'll see you around.